Welcome to the comic trope. We're in a small room. I lift the windows up to smell the sweet smells of this Star Wars planet called Jakku. On Jakku, there are many different animals, my favorite being the Tauntaun. The Tauntaun was ripped open by a another Tauntaun. <laughs> Inside that de- Tauntaun is a Minoc. The Minoc Jedi. <laughs> the Minoc raised me and taught me the ways of the Schwartz. <laughs> and I was like, the Schwartz will be with you always. Hey guys, it's our Star Wars special. Again. Again. This <laughs> Redux. W- my name's Blake, and the comic trope is a podcast that's usually about comic books, but I have found that I know equal amount about Star Wars as I do comic books. Which is to say nothing. So I've invited Amos and Smiling Dave to go over Star Wars, A New Hope, and these guys are going to tell me how it is when it comes to Star Wars. So what are we going to talk about today, guys? We're going to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> Romulans. <laughs> Definitely going to be some Romulans. So how many Romulans are in this movie? 8.3. That's weird. There's only going to be... Point- oh, one's like a baby? One that's played by Kurt Russell, the point three is his dick. You know... It's got the ears and the This is a Star thing. Wars special. We don't need to actually talk about... Uh, Almost pertinent. Almost pertinent. He's involved. He's involved in everything. So we're only going to do a... uh, Disney owns Star Wars. Walt Disney's last words were Kurt Russell. (laughs) How much of this do you think I'm going to cut out? I have no idea. (laughs) I hope none. I just played two degrees of Walt Disney. (laughs) Everybody's favorite game. (laughs) Um, Also, two degrees of Disney sounds like easily like a kids bot band kind of thing. Yeah, could be. Nick right. Shay's children. So let's get into it. We're going to do an icebreaker and then we're only going to talk about Star Wars A New Hope. Next week, Sequoia is going to join us again. We're going to be talking about V for Vendetta, both the movie and the book. I think it was 1988? Maybe? Alan Moore? 1988? 83? Like uh, Something like that. Yeah, mid to late 80s. Anyways, if great I'm book, good movie, and Sequoia knows so much about everything it'll be fun to have encyclopedia black back on the show so without further ado let's do an icebreaker how you how you guys doing i'm doing pretty good how are you i'm chewy wouldn't it be weird to chewy. put in a little chewy no oh, never mind what wouldn't it be weird to say how you guys doing in the icebreaker park isn't that like a few minutes into the podcast yeah, but I do it every time. Okay, that's fine. And then like I usually that. end up just, let's do an icebreaker. Hey, I would ask you guys how you're doing, but I know that you're already doing really well because we've already recorded a part before this. But here's a question. So can I make a, can I make a motion on the floor? Yes. Okay, my motion is that um, for these Star Wars-themed episodes, we do Hoth breakers. Hoth? What's a Hoth? Well, there we go. Yeah, you'll find out in four movies. Okay. Three movies. But Are we I doing machete order? Well, we're doing the new machete order. What's I, the new machete? Well, so machete is four, five, two, three, six, and then right. presumably seven. But my machete order is four, one, five, two, three, six, seven. Okay. Rogue. Okay. All right. <laughs> Rogue. <laughs> Let's do a Hoth breaker. <laughs> well, wait. Um, 
kind of we can either do the the droid or the uh, Tauntaun. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I can wait. That sounded more like a uh, Family Guy. Is, is he in this? Is he in the Star Wars? What guy? Um, uh, look at the, the main guy from uh, the Family Peter guy. Griffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that sounded like a Peter Griffin laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. It did. It was almost like a goat. I, I, I was trying to do more of a goat you know, sound, yeah, but you know what? He does kind of sound like a goat. A space goat kangaroo. Space goat, coast to coast. All right, I don't know where this is going. All right, look. We're fast. Which is worse for the rest of your life? You are. No, no, not which is worse, but. Which would you choose out of these horrible things to be for the rest of your life, okay? Jabba the Hutt, mm. the voice of a Wookiee, or you have to dress like Luke Skywalker for the rest of your life? Oh, no question. I'd dress like Luke Skywalker for the rest of my life. Yeah, it looks comfortable. His, he looks ridiculous. His tunic. This white belt. I think it'd be okay. Space. I definitely don't want to be Jabba the Hutt. I, I mean, mean, he is wealthy, though. Incredibly wealthy. Yeah. You okay. also have to have the attitude of Luke Skywalker from uh, episode four. Well, you know, we've all been 19 and wanted to go into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Pick up some pick... power converters. Right. Ugh, it's the worst. Um, that reminds you of your youth growing up on a Canadian unmoisture farm. <laughs> Unmoisture farm, <laughs> yeah, an arid farm. So the the second option, I'm interested in drilling down on that. Are you the disembodied voice of a Wookiee? I mean, what are you a Wookiee? No, you're not a Wookiee. You just happen to you're, be like you're are, a normal dude. But as soon as you open your oh. mouth, you just sound like a Wookiee, no matter what you say. Well, that would probably make getting your getting through society difficult. You basically mute. I would just pretend I'm mute until I meet like the. The Star Wars fan of my dreams? I don't know. Like a Star Wars, a Wookiee empathizer? I don't know. (laughs) A Wookiee, I mean, Han Solo, I guess, by de facto is a Wookiee empathizer. Okay, so I got another question since that seemed to be kind of easy for you guys. Personally, I would rather be Jabba the Hutt than dress like Luke Skywalker or a person who sounds like a Wookiee. Because everything Luke Skywalker, I hate. Oh, so you're not the voice of a Wookiee. You have the voice of a Wookiee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. All right Everything bye. Luke Skywalker you hate. Uh, from episode four? Correct. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Well, All right. I mean, other than him, like, saving, you know. The, the galaxy? The galaxy or whatever. What? Uh, Doesn't your, mean he can't suck. What outfit would you wear? I assume we're talking about the tunic and stuff that he's got on when you first see him on the yellow, The yellow leg wraps? All that stuff, yeah. What about that dope-ass X-Wing costume, though? That'd be kind of a hassle. You know how long it must take to get to the bathroom on that? I mean, maybe. That? It's an orange flight suit, though. Yeah, I wouldn't want to wear that all the time. The really? tunic and stuff looks comfy. That orange flight suit, to me, just looks like something you wear when you direct traffic. Like, okay, old ladies, walk across the street. What about his Dega Bahian wife beer that he wears in Empire? We haven't gotten there yet. Right, yeah, okay. that's, I don't know that look. I only know this look. All right, so... <laughs> There are many Lukes. Sand people? Uh, that's pejorative. Uh, Tuscan Raider is what they prefer. Jawa. A Jawa. Okay. Or Droid in the Desert. Which would you rather be? Yeah, you have to be one. Jawa. I don't know, man. Maybe they're, I don't know, are they picked on a lot? Jawas? Yeah. I think they just live on their own. Uh, I mean, I don't think that 
they're attacked frequently by Tuscans, but I really don't know. And I bet that question has been answered in the countless compendia of Star Wars lore. Yeah, maybe. That's a, that's a issue of Star Wars Tales, or that little vignette from Star Wars Tales that I sent you guys, uh-huh. is uh, in an issue where there's also a Star Wars Tales about the Tusken Raiders. And after Anakin comes and kills all of them, essentially. Not they, just the men, but the women and, and the, the children. children. That. Yeah. They, no they end up worshipping him. They end up worshipping Anakin? Yeah. Oh, man, shows, that's yeah, it's masoch- like a, it's like sadomasochistic. Thing, right? I don't yeah. know what. So you guys are saying the Jawa. I'd, I'd rather be a Jawa than... Wait, you just keep saying it. Weird. Jawa, just Jawa. It's Jawa? Yeah. Jawa. My Jawa. What's I'd, up, my Jawa? There you go. Okay. I'd rather be a Jawa than a, a Tuscan Raider. Wait a minute, but they're called Sand People a lot in the Yeah, in I'm, I'm four, kidding right? about it being... I mean, you can call them whatever you want. But um, they refer them to Sand People. Yeah, right, well, that's like, what they call them. I mean, technically... If you live in the desert, you might yeah. be a sand person. Right. I'm like, I think uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru are also sand people. Yeah. Jeff Tatooine Worthy has that whole bit about you might be a sand person if. Wait a minute. <laughs> I thought the sand people were those things that they like. Did you make that up? I did. God, yeah. that was a stretch. <laughs> Wait, but they called sand people like those guys who can't make much noise, who like. The jump. ones that go. Ur, ur, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ur, they jump yeah. on like horned, like the like sand buffalo. Sand, yeah. Sand buffalo. I mean, yeah. They yeah. basically are. That's. I think they were elephants with a lot of prosthetic put on them. Well, no, but not in the world. They're not. They're not descendants of elephants. No, I'm saying to film that they took elephants and put a bunch of stuff on them. Is this or is this not a documentary filmed in real time? One hundred percent. Well, look, it was a long time ago. Yeah, so we don't really know for sure. How close was the place? Like far away. Oh, okay, got it. Lagadee schmagadee do. All right, I think we're. I think we're all sanded up. Um, sanded up. So I'm nice and smooth now because mm-hmm. I've been sanded. We're a bit. We're porcelained and we're ready to. We're rock like and roll C3PO glass. after he takes an oil bath. We're glassed. Thank mm. the maker. Thank the maker. All right, so let's jump into episode four. Bum, ba, dum, ba, ba. Oh, that was too high. Never mind. Keep going. No. This is the Star Wars. We've already done this. Yeah. What is this Star Wars movie called again? A New Hope. A New Hope. This is Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope, okay. which I feel like anyone who pays attention to things when they first saw that movie had to have been confused as fuck. No, no. Episode Four and A New Hope weren't on the crawl until Empire was released, and they re-released it for Empire. Oh. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, excellent point, though, because... You're but right. it does throw you, I mean, there is a shit ton of media and res, um, or whatever, yeah. in these movies. In media res. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, like, I remember thinking this when watching Force Awakens for the first time. I was like, what the fuck is going on? But if I had watched A New Hope, you know, not as a four-year-old for the right. first time, I would have been like, wait, who? Everyone knows each other, and I have no idea what's going on. Okay, so you make a good point. Is confusion a feeling or a state? (laughs) In Star Wars, it's both. It's North Carolina, for sure. Let go of your feelings, Amos. (laughs) Let go of your confusion. Anyway, what were you going to say? I was just trying. Let's just reboot here. Okay, so. This is good dialogue. No, no, I'm not saying it's not good dialogue. I'm just trying to get us on track here. Um, Single file? Yes. To hide the numbers? Yes. There are three of us. Damn! All right, so here's the deal. We've already talked about this in the intro, but since I am not a Star Wars guy, 
we've decided to go through this and you guys answer my questions about Star Wars A New Hope because I don't really get most of it and I want you guys to clear some stuff up. Yeah. We Blake, decided, what do you know? You're not just, a comics guy. You're not a Star Wars guy. No, but I got a whole bunch of mics and I'm, I'm willing to edit you guys talk about shit. So <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Instead of doing like a plot synopsis. Right. You're going to just answer my questions, and hopefully people will know what the fuck I'm talking about. And I you hope guys so. are, You guys are here to translate that to nerdy people. Because when you say drones, for instance, that we now know that stormtroopers. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Either so you guys can help us. Uh, so let's begin at the beginning, because I have a fuckload of questions. Okay, so my first question, <laughs> why do rebels wear those weird egg hats? So when the Empire is going after the plans, Mm -hmm. Leia's got them plans, right? All about them plans. They board that spaceship, and there's a bunch of people wearing like giant egg hats, right? Black egg hats. Like they're like yeah, they're blast shield helmets. They're very big. Yeah. And I recently saw episode seven. What's the newest episode? Nine. Uh, Eight. Seven. 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 You're talking about seven. Okay. They, we don't see any of those hats in that. Have the hats disappeared? Where have the hats gone? Is this like one of those, where have all the cowboys gone? No, I'm just confused why the hats are so big. And then I also noticed that the Empire have them as well. They're just black or white. Oh, right. The Death Star technicians. Yes. Yeah. Those are big hats. Do they mean anything or is it, should I just ignore them? Uh, Well, okay. So let's look contemporarily. Uh, the way that military uh, gear and accoutrement, is that the right word here? Sure. Uh, would have been going around the time. So we just you know, finished fighting in Vietnam and the Viet Cong, right? Mm-hmm. They wore what could be considered some very large battle hats. If you look at the helmets from World War I, they essentially look like little metal safari hats, right? Sure. But these are very large hats. Yeah, I, I, I take your point. But I guess, you know, there's not really anything so much as practical to them unless you believe that they're somehow protecting their neck. Okay. Protecting so, neck, all right? Yeah. So That's I'm the okay rebel with that. There's no reason other than they look neat. Okay. Just make it sure. Or no. they look really dorky. I think they look neat. Okay. <laughs> That's, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. They, they, I mean, they they add to the... You're not going to get shot in the back of the head. No, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. Um, if you're a rebel, you're always worried about being I mean, turned on. You saw how many of them running from Vader were saved by their hell. Oh, wait, never mind. Mm. They were torn asunder by that thunder. Talk to me about C-3PO. Was there a man? There's a man in that, right? <laughs> uh, was there a Which man? galaxy are we talking about? There's not supposed to be a man in there, but yes, there was a man in a suit. Okay, when, his name is Anthony Daniels. Was he a very small man, like no. skinny? Uh, he's, he's, he's a thin. thin man. He's a thin man. I was just looking at C three PO, thinking what man could fit inside him. Well, they had to grease him up. I mean, if you watch any of those old production stills, of, they literally greased him up. I mean, yes. Oh, he said it was miserable being in that thing. That was so hot. Was and, he also the voice? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's cool. I mean, obviously they didn't record the voice that he was using while inside the suit. He did that in post, but yeah, he did the voice. One of the few characters who's in all six. Uh, star of the eight. What's the, oh yeah? So far he's in everything except for Rogue One. That's awesome. He was not in the Droids cartoon, mm. right? Stuart Copeland did the theme song of that, that show. Really? 
Huh, from the police. Cool. Okay. How would you explain C-3PO's voice to someone, like the way he talks? Chrissy. Like, how would you explain, like, why did they make this decision, or... He's a philosopher bot, right, or something? That's kind of what he said. Well, he's more of a warrior bot. A, a warrior? Warrior, and no, he's not a warrior at warrior all. Warrior is a virtue. Yes. <laughs> this kangaroo thing. I've never seen it. I've just... Oh, my God. I know that. I know the name. Whoo! Anyway. So, C-3PO, I, I, persnickety, maybe? He's... He's oh, a he protocol droid. He's a protocol droid, so his entire thing is is protocol and etiquette. He reminds me of Hedonist Bot from Futurama. <laughs> it's like, oh yes, I think, I think a few of the robots from Futurama are based on him, at yeah. least the way they look. Yeah. Calculon has a very yeah. C-3PO look, except for you know a couple of his aspects. Okay. And then, yeah, the same thing for Hedonism Bot. He is programmed in over 6 million forms of communication, and then he always gets cut off. We don't actually know what the rest of that blurb is. That was good. Kind of sounded like him. All right, so they get shot down to some sand planet. What's that planet named? Tatooine. Tatooine? Tatooine. I have a question, because there is like... I guess he didn't trust you. I, I mean, I'm just not... I'm just asking. Tatooine. All right. <laughs> I'm just making sure I'm saying it right, guys. I mean, you can make fun of me all year. Very confusing when you later hear Princess Leia say, they're on Dantooine. And it's like, anyone would think, oh, wait, they're on that desert planet? No, they're on another planet with a very similar name. Oh, so one's Tatooine and one's Datooine? Dantooine. Dant and Tant? Yeah. No, Tat. Tat and Dant. Yeah, but you never see Dantooine. So it doesn't matter. Right? No, you never see it. Okay, so I can just say Tatooine and everyone will think that I'm in the know. Yeah, Tatooine is the thing. If you no, if you say Dantooine, yeah, they'll know you're in the know. Gotcha. Just not that in uh, Knights of the Old Republic. What's oh, you do? The, I never played that one. The original game. Yeah, right. I, oh, I never man. played either one, one of them. Of the best. So they go down to Tantu- Tatooine. There you go. Um, tats for short. Yeah. Everyone calls it tats. Planet Tats. All right. So they go down <laughs> to Tats, and they and they're just a bunch of droids walking around in the desert, and then a like a slave ship. That the Jawas run? Oh, it's not a, really a slave ship. Yeah, it's just their the sand crawler. Yeah. So how many like rogue robots are just hanging out in the desert that there's a need for the Jawas to pick them up? Well, Do like the robots decide that they're about to end their life, so they just roll out in the middle of the Tatooine desert? Well, okay. So imagine this: imagine your entire galactic society is reliant upon droid functions there's so many language being spoken there's so many different times of dangerous professions that require um you know droid non non-living creatures or non-living mm-hmm. you know things to go out and, and do it so they've got these droids that can interface with a machine and a person and another person from another planet because it's a, a very large melting pot at this point so you've got all these different things going on there's a lot of droids and it, Presumably, the desert is, there's not many fences. I don't think people put up fences on their moisture farms because the evaporators are all they care about. So if there's only just moisture farms here and there all over the place on Tatooine, then it stands to reason that they all employ droids. And at some point, the droids are going to go haywire and walk off, or they'll simply just stray too far from the house or from the, the vaporizers, and these, these Jawas will just roll up and snatch them with the tube. 
right? You saw sure. the suction tube. Uh, I mean, that, that totally makes sense. What I was thinking the whole time, because I didn't really think about like what was being employed out there. I thought that all these droids just like suddenly my Roomba is just going to decide it wants to die and it just rolls out into the desert. Like it knows like when it's time to go. A dog is under the house and a droid walks out to the desert. Yeah, exactly. So it just confused me that they were able to just roll around in the desert and pick up rogue lost decrepit. And they, you know, they might even be trading bad motivators. Yep. You know what the real question is? The fuck is a moisture farm? Move to a different planet. All right, some people don't get the option. Moisture farm. There are people that live in Queens that will never leave Queens. Oh, sure. You know, and sure. I don't mean never leave New York City or right. New York State. But they don't need to farm moisture. So tell me more about these sand Ewoks that you call Jawas. Okay, but they're not called Jawa. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a gas station in in Virginia to to the you know to New England. This is I am a Jawa. All right, so what is it? Ubi, pinchy, Jawa, nipple, cheapy? Is it Jawa? Jawa. Okay. So how would a person from Jamaica pronounce? Boombaclat Jawa, boy! (laughs) Did Jawa! Jawa! What you doing? Boy. All right, and that's ridiculous. So tell me a little bit more about Sandy Walks. Called Jawas. We are the Jawas of Tatooine. Well, um, All right, they're, they're most notable uh, for saying the phrase Udini. Udini? Udini. Yeah, it's like they say. Yoto. Wait, that's something else. That's uh, the translator bot from yep. Jawas Palace. So Udini, which uh, I've U- seen it spelled before, is U T I N N I. There's a, um, or there was a. Uh, like a vinyl toy store in Chapel Hill called Wootini that I believe was named for I would, that. I would have to assume so. Yeah. Um, There's got to be at least three or four different martinis named that too. Oh, I mean, called Wootinis, yes. probably. Mm-hmm. Woo, teenies. <laughs> Woo! Show me those sweet, I love, sweet teenies. I love the idea of Jawas just go, Woo, teenies! <laughs> Teeny is what hey. they call everything they like. So that's all they're saying. Woo, some teenies! Got to go get me some of that Wootini, son. Yeah, I'm a Jawa. <laughs> uh, so Jawas essentially are just a scavenger people. Uh, they live in enclaves on wheels called sand crawlers, which you see in this. Um, and I've always been really impressed by the original special effects on the sand crawler, uh, because even the original shots of the sand crawler look fantastic. I thought they looked. Re- I thought it looked great. It's a good model. So. Mm-hmm. There's only a few scenes in the movie that I thought didn't look good i'm assuming you saw the special edition correct the one you bought that's right the one yeah i watched so as we get to those through my questions i will point them out um my next question why is luke so whiny and why do i hate him so much well, he's, he's 19 and he lives a very sheltered life and his friends are all leaving and he doesn't really have an option and you have to you have to understand too you don't know it at this time really but he is cut from a very different cloth than his adoptive aunt and uncle. He's also Anakin Skywalker's son. And if you saw any of the prequel movies, whininess runs in the Skywalker family. Mm. Although it is maybe just on the men's side. Cause you know, Leia's a lot of things, but she's not whiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She is a bouse. Um, also it, it basically goes away after the first movie. Yeah, as we go through these movies, his progression is interesting. Yeah, he's, okay. a, he's a bad motherfucker by the time we get to Jedi. I look forward Almost to... Almost too much. Like, he's, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's Vader's son. 
but not in a bad way. He's like a good Vader by Return of the Jedi. Okay. Which is reflected in his mode of dress. Really? I think that's all the black. outfit I would choose. Yeah, for totally. sure. He looks like a badass. Yeah. And he is. True that. Okay, so my next note that I wrote was questions about the sand people that ride hairy buffaloes, but they have a name. We already Bantha. went through that. Banthas. One more time. Banthas. Banthas? Those are the, the creatures that they ride. Oh, well, what are the people? They're referred to as sand people and Tuscan raiders. Tuscan raiders ride banthas. Yes. And they go, yeah, like seals. Yeah, they do sound kind of like seals. And they hold sticks over their heads. And they fight in groups. They do not like to be singled out. I learned that. Yeah, they they don't go single file. Or they do. They travel single file to hide their numbers. Yeah. But where you'll see one sand person, there's likely more. And apparently their blast points aren't that accurate. They're less accurate than a stormtrooper, so holy shit. Yeah, don't worry. They, Just walk yeah. up in their, in their village and take whatever you want. Yeah, Tusken Raiders <laughs> can't shoot a thing. They're totally blind, apparently. They're not actually blind. We're making fun of how bad the stormtroopers are at shooting. Got it. And Obi-Wan says something later about, those blast points too accurate for, for sand people. Like, they must be stormtroopers. And we're like, damn, stormtroopers are terrible, so sand people must be really terrible. But they're really good at killing uncles. That's the next. Uh, they didn't I kill have. him. They didn't. The, t- the sand people. No. Oh no, the stormtroopers. Storm yeah, 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 yeah. They they kill. They so my next up. my next note is, damn, Uncle got killed, and and Amberu. Yeah, and then I think, I mean, I'm, we weren't privy to that conversation, but if you think about it, the stormtroopers could have came in there, and if the uncle was like, oh, those those robots, yeah, if you wait, they're coming back, and then say that happened, and. They just took the robots. Uh, none of this would have happened, right? I mean, Luke wouldn't have gone anywhere. Or... Well, keep in mind, too, that if you're, if you're Aunt, o- or if you're Aunt Baru and Uncle Owen, I'm going to switch them up there, that you know who this boy's father is, right? And you'll do anything to keep the Empire from getting their hands on him at any cost. So we know that his uncle and aunt are decent people. Yeah, I mean, the whole reason he's there is because he was shoved in the darkest corner of the galaxy that Obi-Wan could find to keep him from being found by Vader. And they are... um, It's never stated why this could be important, but you could infer... uh, And uh, maybe I have this wrong, but... uh, Owen... is the son... Of the guy, I don't know if his name is ever given, who who bought Anakin's mother from Watto, or what is his name? Watto. Watto. And married her. It's Shmi Skywalker's uh, stepson. Right. So, right. So, Owen is, I guess, technically Anakin's stepbrother. Uncle. Oh, yes. Yeah, Anakin's stepbrother. Yeah. Yeah. So, he is, uh, I guess, Luke's step uncle okay does that make sense i'm following you enough do you remember from the prequels uh i don't know okay we'll get to them honestly i saw all the prequels once okay each they they're not good but there's a lot of exposition and a lot of backstory so we'll get to it all okay well Mm -hmm. i look forward to you explaining this explaining bad movies so at least we know that the so we know that they were good people and that's why they decided to die for luke okay I right. would die for Luke. 
The next big question I have is when they show up in what's the town that they go to? Oh, they go to Moss Eisley, and they go to that badass bar. Yeah, right. A wretched he, hive of scum and villainy, where they play one song. Did you notice that Luke tugged on the bartender's shirt to get a drink? Yeah, I did think that was kind of like, hey, I want, I want a glass of milk. I want a drink. Yeah. Why aren't you paying attention to me? And the guy's like, what? <laughs> Where's your sense of boundaries, kid? For some reason, everything that Luke did in this movie. Oh, yeah. Really he, it's, he's supposed to be a whiny little kid. He doesn't, he doesn't know a lot. You know who, um, who uh, auditioned for the part that would have been weird as hell? Everybody's favorite dick, Kurt Russell. Shut up. He oh, did. He auditioned right. he, for that part. He did part. audition for this. He, I think he thought it was too weird. Too out there. It also it would have been weird. I mean, I'm trying to think. What's the earliest thing I saw Kurt Russell in? Well, he's been he was working from a very early age, as we've talked about on the podcast yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, but all the earliest thing I can remember is not that long ago. Is Big Trouble in Little China? You never saw the Computer War Tennis Shoes? No, I never saw that. Pretty sure it's Kurt Russell. Um, I thought that was Val Kilmer. No, I'm thinking of. Real genius. Real genius. Okay, never Ooh, mind. Classic. Um, but yeah, he's he's kind of a dork. He's a huge dork. Well, but we were Moss Eisley. Oh, we, it's also weird that the bartender points out we don't serve droids here. What droid drinks alcohol? A bender. <laughs> Other than bender, like <laughs> you know, it's like saying we don't serve those purses here. You know, that's it's not a. It's just hanging out. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I wonder what that guy's backstory is, that bartender. I guarantee it's somewhere. So Luke tugs on this bartender's shirt, and then two guys just randomly come over to Luke and want to kill him. And I assume it's because they saw him tug on the bartender's shirt. No, I think they're just dicks. You just yeah. think they're dicks? Yeah. They're just, we're bad dudes. Um, we're wanted of, in 11 systems yeah, 12. or whatever. Pretty sure it's 12. 12, all right. Um, but... W- one of the guy with the pig nose just looked like they didn't spend any time on his Dr. makeup. Well, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you remember their names. What's the other one's name? Ponda Baba. Ponda Baba, that's it. And he's the one who freaked me out. when I, well, The first time I watched it, I was about four. I remember that guy being too much for me. And also seeing his arm get cut off. That was super cool. Um, well, it's traumatizing for a four-year-old. Yeah, well. I love how graceful Obi-Wan's slice is. Because yeah. it's not just like... He's like, he's no just, big deal. He kind of, he kind of. Yeah, they they didn't have a fight choreographer for that movie. No, clearly. definitely not. And I love how you can kill anyone in a bar as long as you throw the bartender some money and say sorry for the mess. Right. It's like no big deal. It's a, listen, you'll never find a more wretched uh, hive of scum and villainy. Right, they don't give a shit what you do. Then he meets Droid. Yeah, then they meet Han Solo. Blah blah blah. But the next scene that totally felt tacked on. Was the Jabba scene? That is tacked on. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it's it wasn't in the original release. It wasn't. No. Okay, because it didn't feel because that's like a CG it, Jabba. It didn't feel right. Like, yeah, it Jabba shouldn't. looked weird. He's like a third of the size he is in Return of the Jedi. Okay, I thought that that was kind of like. Well, so, so they, that was filmed in '77 with the film. Sure, with a and, fat dude. At, yeah, with a fat dude in like a in like a fur coat. <laughs> yeah, is that and a weird hat? Yeah, you can watch it. You can watch the original unedited scene. You can watch everything. All all of it is. We have the internet out there. Well, I mean, sure, but, but I don't know how. how like, this what is like the epicenter of nerd co- of nerd culture. He's, so he's it's like all a, out there. He's like a dirty man. He's like a dirty fat man in a fur coat. And he's got like a gravelly, like, wow, Han Solo. And there's a scene, if you watch the, you know, unedited footage, 
there's a section where Han walks around behind the guy and steps on his tail. Yeah, but you know that wasn't what happened in the filming. In the filming, they didn't think about it, and then they realized, oh wait, he's walking behind Jabba the Hutt. He's going to step on his tail. So they took the footage of Han Solo as he walks around and just move it up and then back down, <laughs> and then they was... animate you know Jabba to go. Oh, so yeah, they, like he they made him step on for that. Because he definitely tries to kill them for a lot less. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jabba is not. That's like stepping on John Gotti's tail. It's like <laughs> foot. I just, <laughs> hey, John. But Han doesn't give his, a damn. Yeah. He apparently gives. He no shoots damn. first. Not in that version. He don't. He shoots first. Is that a thing? Should I know what that is? Yeah. Han shot yeah. first is something you should, uh, it's like should a, know. It's a thing. So in the original filming, the original theatrical release, um, it looks as if, where it's pretty clear that in the little showdown between Han Solo and Greedo, the green guy, yeah, who, yeah, it's like the first scene you see with Han, or one of the first. Um, Han does not wait for Greedo to attack him; he just shoots him, and that informs what you think of this character. He is kind of a scoundrel. He doesn't really have the strongest moral compass, I guess. Although, if someone's telling me they're going to kill me, <coughs> I'm going to shoot them first too. But uh, George Lucas, when doing the special edition, decided he didn't like that, that he didn't want Han to be seen as this scruffy bear herder. Uh, so he changed that scene to where you see Greedo shoot first and miss, and Han shoots him. So it's a little thing, but it has become a big deal. I can see how. I mean, you're literally changing the the reaction of a character in a stressful situation. So well, they, which defines who you they've are. They've edited it, I guess, because they do, they are aware of the, the zeitgeist, I guess, around it, but they've edited it several times to reflect the fact that they shoot at the same time. Now it's like, if you slow it down to its very like slowest speed, base speed possible, and you play it, they fire at the exact same time. And I, and I guess it's just a terrible shot. Yeah. But that, that lets you, you know, think like, oh, well, Han's not that really like slick of a guy. He just got lucky and didn't get shot here. Like it, it, it doesn't. He gets lucky him. all the time. Yeah. yeah, it just informs the character differently. Yeah, uh, I, and I don't know. Like I, I, I'm not that passionate as the internet is about. Oh, it, right. But I, I don't prefer really care. to have Greedo not shoot at all. I can you imagine? Can you imagine having as much passion as the internet does about anything? Yeah, for real. Except not. Um, yeah, no, we're not going to say anything. What's that flashing? Oh, Luke. When he's in, he's like, <laughs> what's that flashing? They're like taking off, or like they're, they're, he's like, wait, what's that flashing? It's like, dude, I'm driving. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, he's he's obnoxious. Okay, here's an actual serious question. So when Princess Leia is being escorted by Darth Vader to that old dude, Grand, Grand Moff, Tarkin. Moff Tarkin, Grand. So his title is Grand Moff. Okay, and his name, his last name is Tarkin. He's from the Tarkin family. So that Tarkin, yeah. Um, does Darth Vader know? No, that Princess Leia is his daughter. No, because the whole time I'm thinking, is this why he's like saying maybe she'll be of use later? No, he actually believes. He thinks it. they're dead. So he thinks his kids are dead. Well, he thinks they died. Or, well, technically, he only believes there to be one. He had no idea oh, they were twins. Right, okay. Is the first thing, because she didn't find out until she gave birth. Yeah. Because she kept her pregnancy a secret. I mean, I, she had like millions of fucking space credits. She literally could have gone to a secret doctor on Coruscant and found out. But she didn't. 
presumably. So she's surprised, and then she dies. And the only people who are aware are those medical droids, which I'm assuming, assuming they shot in the face afterwards. <laughs> Obi-Wan was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> uh, Sorry, medical droid. Obi cut first. Yoda and uh, Bail Organa, the senator of, well, Jimmy the, Smith, the king of, of Alderaan. Okay, so he has no clue. Yeah, and Anakin Vader's doesn't know. He's got no idea. Okay. Well, Gar- other than what his force intuition might tell him. But he doesn't know. Does the garbage monster... We're jumping a, around. Well, I'm actually, I'm just reading the notes. Oh, the, sure. That's the fine. questions that I have. What's the garbage monster called? There you go. That thing was awesome. It's got little eyeballs that pop up. Yeah, it's great. That's a great use of... Limited... Uh, yeah. Which is really what, I mean, watching the Star Wars movies now, when you think about the special effects, it's incredible. What, especially compared to what was standard for that time in these types of movies. It just looked the same thing with Star Trek, the original series, even though it looks terrible today. It was so far ahead of what had come before it. I think that the puppetry made this movie for me. Like, yeah, it's great. I mean, Jim Henson is, you know, involved and uh, it's amazing. It, just great. I mean, it's just those little things that really got to me. And then this is part of the movie when they go to rescue um princess leia but then she ends up pretty much rescuing herself i really like the way she's portrayed in this movie as being tough and just as flawed and just as uh heroic as all the other um protagonists yeah just with pasties (laughs) i don't understand what that means pasties are something that women used in yesteryear to keep their breasts up without wearing a bra And she talks about how uncomfortable it was to have a man put on, like, shellac on pasties under her breasts every day so she could wear that white gown. I now get the joke you guys made about curse my metal body. I'm not fast enough. Curse my metal body. I wasn't fast enough. I I really enjoyed that. They're dying, R2. Oh, the screams. No, shut them all down. Anyway, go ahead. um, Other things. I really like the Princess Leia called Chewie a walking carpet. Yep. Thought that was funny. And two questions that are very important for me. Why do stormtroopers gallop? Gallop? You haven't noticed that when they're in a little group, they kind of like gallop like little horses? They shuffle. I've never noticed that. I'm going to have to watch. You're talking about on the Death Star? Yeah, yeah. They're just kind of like, they have a little little weird gait. Pep to this step. Well, they're marching. (laughs) It's, It's more than a march. It's almost like they're in a band, like a like a like a marching band. You're talking about when they've got that like sped up walk, right? Yeah, it's kind of like a. Well, yeah, there it's it's like uh, it's it's how if you're in the military, it's how you do like you know PT in the morning. Like you're not technically running; they're having you take those little like yeah yeah exaggerated steps. I imagine them um, humming Jimmy Crack Corn and I don't care while they're doing it for some reason. Jimmy Crack Corn and I don't care. Jimmy. That's part of why they're such a crack team of oh, yeah. the yeah. crack shots. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that pun, but uh, or whatever. But uh, there we go. Killing them puns. Here's a actual very important question: Why did Obi choose death? Why did Obi Wan choose death? Because they're all like, "I'll get you," blah blah blah. And then he sees the student that, has become the master. And then he sees that Luke. Is seeing is watching him, and then he throws his arms up, and then it's just like, whoosh, and it looks like he disappears, but he's dead. 
Well, sort of. He has become one with the Force. So is that like the last step of enlightenment kind of thing? Well, yeah. He's, I think at this point, he's the first Jedi to have ever done it. A- at all? Uh, part, of, part of that whole thing is stuff that Qui-Gon teaches him from beyond the grave. Oh, yeah. And I believe he is the first Jedi to transcend. Well, so... Okay. <laughs> we'll just go with it. Either that or you just have to believe that they just got rid of all of that for the prequels and decided no one was going to disappear. Yeah, I don't know. The way I read, the way I watched it was, so we, we know what got Luke out of Tatua. Tatooine? Tatooine. Tatooine. Is that he found out that there was nothing left for him and he was angry that his uncle and aunt were killed. Yeah. So, so he has a reason. And now there's another reason is that his master or his crazy old Ben or whatever gets killed by the Empire and it just is kind of the, the second motivator for him to go kill some people. Yeah, and you could say that, you know, it is more important for Obi-Wan that they get off the ship with those plans than that he survive. Yeah, but it didn't even seem like he tried to survive. Right, it does seem like he's just like, okay. Um, oh, he just wanted to drop that robe. <laughs> he just wanted to do something cool. Because, you know, yeah, Vader wasn't expecting that. You know, you see Vader, you like, see, looking through the robes. Yeah, like, did he shrink? Did I kill him? Yeah. Did I kill him? Yeah, he doesn't know what happened. Which, which also leads credence to the fact that he's the first Jedi to have ever done that. Yeah, yeah there's says, not a precedent. you strike me down, I'll become even more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Right. Um, well, and again, this is where... While they're sort of nicking at each other. They're, they're poked, like, the ends of the sabers. Right. <laughs> they're cross, they cross streams. They're 11 jousting. Yeah. So, so this is how I've always looked at it, uh, is that he knows that if he transcends, he can probably watch over Luke better than he can if he was alive. Sure. Because he'll be able to, to speak through the Force across the galaxy, essentially, um, to Luke, to, to Yoda, we find out in the next film. Um, and it's also a way for him to close the circle on what he felt he did to Anakin many years ago. Which, again, we know none of at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you have to think that if you're Obi-Wan and you've literally spent 40 years or 30 plus years or so in a desert. Wait, how many years are between three and four? 23? Is that what it is? Um, no, it's, I think, 19. 18 or 19. Okay. So, like, if you've spent 20 years in a desert watching a kid grow. Oh, it has to be because Luke's 19 years old. Right. Um, if you've spent 19 years in a desert thinking about how you left your best friend to die. That's, you know, the next time you see him and you fight him, you know, things are kind of weird for you. And you have to think that he's, like, not going to be responsible for this. Uh, Obi-Wan is very routinely seen as the greatest Jedi that ever lived in a, in a lot of aspects. Um, he's a little, a little shaky in his younger years, but he's a student of Qui-Gon's, um, a student of Yoda's, and questions the Jedi Order and is the last surviving actual Jedi Knight for almost two decades. At least that he's aware of. Hey, when you say last surviving Jedi Knight... Member been, of the Order. So, besides Yoda. Right, 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 yeah. I mean, Yoda's a... As a I mean, Yoda's a Jedi Master. Right, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess technically Obi-Wan is a, a Master as well, because he sits on the Council. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Um, the whole thing is, is that, you know, he, he represents 
a, a, a dying breed. And he looks at this as his opportunity to keep the Jedi moving forward by giving himself up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it, if it wasn't for him dying, he wouldn't be able to whisper into Luke's ears so the bombs go in the hole. A hundred percent. Right? But we're getting ahead of ourselves because there's a few more things that I have questions about. <laughs> Is um, So it's weird that they don't talk about Luke being a really good flyer until, like, minutes before he gets into a plane to go fly, right? I mean, do we know that he can fly a plane really well? Does anyone say he's a really good flyer? Yeah. I, I think the only thing, or the first thing, is him just saying, I'm not such a bad pilot myself to Han Solo. Yeah, Ob- I remember. Obi-Wan makes mention of it. Because remember, Obi-Wan's been watching him for 20 years. What does Obi-Wan say? He says, uh, um, oh, you've become quite the pilot yourself. Oh, yeah, When, yeah, I, yeah. when I met him, he was already the greatest pilot in the galaxy. Right. Yeah, but he says that like literally right before they get into no, like a... When he's at Ben's house earlier. When, when oh, Luke really? is at Obi-Wan's, okay. and they're, they're, before he gives him the lightsaber, he says, I hear you've become quite a pilot yourself. And he knows because he's been watching Luke you know, and there's also deleted scenes where he flies a T-16. And- okay, see, if there was like a scene where he flew and he was okay, I would have. I think I would have believed that. I had problems taking people for their word, I guess. Like, especially Luke's own word, where he was like, what's that flashing? You know, I can fly too. Like, it wasn't. I'm not such a bad pilot myself. Yeah. My favorite line of the movie is, cover me Porkins. And then Porkins dies. <laughs> Poor guy. He's a fat dude, and they just had to name him Porkins. This is so awful, right? Yeah. Cover me, Porkins! I'll cover you with my fat ass! Ah! <laughs> I, I took all the lasers. I took all the lasers! I, I ate all the lasers before <laughs> I took off. Every time I hear that guy's name, I just think of him eating pork rinds distractedly in his cockpit. Yeah. Oh, God, these are delicious. Oh, shit! <laughs> Remember me, Galaxy Jack Porkins. Yeah, his first name is Jack. Yeah, J E K J E K. Yep, Jack Porkins. Oh man, I'm a fat ginger. I forgot that Darth Vader flew a plane in this. That oh, was yeah. interesting. A plane, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a, a plane. space plane. His tie he, advanced. He spun that prop. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love that image. Hold on. <laughs> For everyone listening, uh, Dave is motioning as if to start a propeller on a World War One era plane. <laughs> um, so yeah, when Obi like whispers into his ear so that the missiles can penetrate the small opening opening in the the thermal Death exhaust Star. port. Yeah, um, <laughs> what does he say? It's like shooting. Like remember, he's like, uh, "Is that too hard?" hard? Yeah, bullseyeing womp rats in, in my T-16. T-16 back home. They're not much bigger than two meters. So does he actually do that in a cut scene? Yeah. Essentially, or they, they allude to it and they talk about it. Um, a T-16 Skyhopper is, like, if if you were a teenager and you had, like, a like a dirt bike, right? Mm-hmm. That's what this would be like. It's a, a triangular kind of looking shuttle ship, and they fly pretty quickly for ground vehicles um, just above the ground, like, maybe 30, 40 feet. And it's somewhat related to the model that the Emperor ship is, right? Because that's a T-something, isn't it? Uh, T-60? That is, well, that's the shuttle Tidarium. It's a Lambda-class shuttle. Okay. Uh, it, in, uh, Incom is the company that makes uh, the T-series. And okay. The, the T-series is uh, the T-16 Skyhopper, uh-huh. the T-47 uh, Airspeeder. Which you got that guide to 
vehicles and vessels, don't you? Uh, I probably did when I was younger. My last two questions, or one comment, no, two comments, no questions. I'm just going to tell you that I like the noise when R2s get shot. I can do it. Let's hear it. I can do it. Let's hear it. (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. Super good. The face you made when you did it was great. Uh, when we get to Jedi, I'll also do salacious crumbs, uh, <laughs> uh, anger, angry yell at uh, R2 when he shocks him in the ass. Sweet. Just remind me. The other thing I want to say is, even though I know that Luke is the one who successfully drops the bomb, I really wanted him not to be the person who did it the whole time. You totally wanted it to be Biggs or uh, Porks. I was, Wedge. As soon as Porks. I saw, as soon as I saw, as soon as I saw Jed Porkins or whatever. Jack. Jack. Yeah, Jed would like, be too real a name. Well, like Luke. That's going to be the guy who does it. That's, that's the person that I want to be the hero. One thing that I wonder about when Biggs Darklighter comes up, the I guess the etymology or whatever of the names on Tatooine, mm-hmm. Because we have the name Skywalker and the name Darklighter. There's a pattern there. I want to know what uh, what that's about and where. It, it could be uh, slave names. It could be based oh. in slavery, is what I've always thought. Is could that be. Potentially, like a Skywalker was some person that uh, was captured on a freighter. They could were Skywalkers be. because they lived their life on a spaceship. A Darklighter was probably like someone that was, I don't know, cleaned up shit in a, <laughs> in a, in a dark cave for a long time. What's your job? I clean shit in a cave. Why? He just shines flashlights everywhere. <laughs> shit is dark as hell. He's like, I got you. Then they'll call me Dark Lighter for nothing. So after the Death Star blows up and everyone gets... Taking Peter Cushing with it. Yeah. Rest in peace. They celebrate. Do... I mean... I would think that like almost instantaneously they would send in like backup for the dar- for the Death Star to go kill the rebels. The Empire would. Yeah. So, I think there are issues at play <laughs> with things being intragalactic, I guess, that we don't think about living on one planet. So, you know, they do have long range. Yeah, faster than light travel and they do have very long-range communication, but a galaxy is really, 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 really big. So there could still be significant delays between, you know, getting from point A to B. Uh, I don't think it's as simple as, whoa, what's going on? You know, let's do this. Maybe it's not like, say, Mass Effect or something like that. And they can, I mean, the ships move pretty fast between planets. I would think that communication could move faster. But across, like, how far are we talking? So we don't know how far away the backup is. is well, they're at Yavin 4. Uh, do we know much about Yavin 4? I mean, I know it's a moon. It's a moon around the, the gas giant Yavin. But right, but where in the galaxy is it? Uh, Yavin is, I don't know if it's outer rim. Tatooine is outer rim. Right. It's definitely not inner rim, and it's not galactic center either. So my guess is it's probably... One of those middle rims? Yeah, it's middle rim. <laughs> it's a nice mid-rim giant. Um... Just out there rimming every day. Oh. Skyrim? That's a thing, <laughs> yeah, right? Skyrim. That's a thing. Um, so here's something to think about, too. Uh, in his haste to crush the rebellion with one swift stroke, I believe is exactly how he puts it, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin 
probably does not alert the emperor in advance that that's what he's about to do. He's a cocky dude. He yeah, I can see that. He know, wants to he wants to do it and then say, "Look what I did." Not I get you. Yeah, that's that's and and so you have to think that obviously news would travel fast. The only the only living personnel stationed aboard the Death Star the Death Star to make it off is Vader. That's it. Everything else dies. Um, so the think so about the, all those innocent people. Uh, that's yeah, there's a clerks. Uh, uh, clerks. There you go. Clerks is where they talk about the, the independent and private contractors that right. own Death Star. <laughs> well, you should know what you're contracting and not do that. Well, that's their point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I knew the risk. Have you? So I didn't take the job. Have you read the uh, pretty recent novel about Tarkin? I have not. Okay, I want to read that one. It sounds kind of yeah. cool. The one about him and Vader. I and think I'm not even sure. Or something. I'm not sure. Well, no, that's the one with Vader and the Emperor. Uh, but there's one that's just about Tarkin, oh, right, and it's right. about his whole family and yeah. his background. He, you know, he's this very wealthy. He's basically a like extreme elitist and racist. I guess, but everyone in the Empire is a racist. It's kind of part of their thing. You know, at that point, it becomes more of a speciesist. Well, well, right? right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. He's. I guess he's xenophobic and speciesist. But yeah, every you notice every you know the the rebels have lots of different. Uh, well, okay, in that movie it's still mostly white dudes, but <laughs> it was the seventies. The the idea is they have lots. You see this more in Jedi. They have a lot of different species and and people who look different than just sure. one type. Whereas the emperor, the empire, I think every extra in the empire is like a Swedish actor or something. Also, side note, coolest rap name ever, Tarkin, by far. It'd be great to hear Peter Cushing rap. <coughs> What's his full name again? Gra- well, Grandmaster Tarkin? Yeah. <laughs> Grand Moth, uh, uh, formerly Governor Tarkin before that. Oh, f- former government, former Governor Grandmaster Tarkin on the ones and twos. Do, do, we know what his, do you know what his first name is? Uh, I know that uh, I've... I've I've read it somewhere. Yeah. It's uh, Jeff. Jeff Tarkin. Jeff Tarkin. <laughs> My name is Jeff. Jeffrey Tarkin here. <laughs> um, have you have you seen Rogue One yet? Yeah. 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 What did you think about the way in which Rogue One ties in very very uh, neatly and intricately to? It me? actually helped me understand this movie better because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it just starts right where it ends. So I, having watched actual peter cushing now what did you think of cg peter cushing i thought that cg peter cushing looked younger than actual peter cushing i guess technically he is right. I and mean, he's like a week younger it's, yeah it's but like you know yoda looking younger and phantom menace versus oh right yeah part. looking like a totally different species no he looked he looked much more cleaned up shinier and the cgi almost like he was made of computer yes almost like he wasn't real uh there's a i i you know in watching a new hope for this this episode there is the line where he goes and now we will demonstrate the full firepower of this battle station and i was like ooh, it's very subtle there's there's lots of things like that it's awesome it's awesome to watch rogue one and then go back and watch a new hope the meeting with um all of the the moths and the the generals and the yeah. and the admirals and stuff, the colonels at the the table, they actually all make it off. By the way, the majority of them leave. They were there basically for that meeting and then bounce. Um, I think my favorite thing connecting, <laughs> or my favorite thing in which Rogue One informs a new hope, is that you see that Vader was so close to getting those plans, and that the um, Tantive Four or whatever. Mm-hmm leaves and is immediately picked back like it, it wasn't it wasn't like a long chase mm. 
This was immediate. So when she says, we're on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan, he's like, and he goes, you are a rebel. You know, you're part of the rebel alliance and a traitor. No shit. He just saw all this happen. And it makes Princess Leia look like that much more of a boss that she's like, you know, stone face lying to him, even though she knows he knows everything. And I mean, and to, to add to that, the Corellian Corvettes, there are a lot of them. I mean, it is definitely not like a rare ship. And uh-huh. diplomats do use those ships. Yeah. That was her diplomatic ship. So, I mean, I mean, she's, it's like if you got picked up by the police and you were like, ah, this black Jetta. And you were like, no, oh, you know, this is, I'm a, I'm just a, I drive my black Jetta to fucking Hardee's every morning to but it's, chicken biscuits. It's like if you did a drive by and a cop saw you do it and then pulled you over immediately. <laughs> and and you're like, I didn't do that. I wasn't even there. And it's like, I just watched you do it. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause the, the ship leaves. I mean, Vader is at the airlock. You know, yeah. he he is he's almost on the Tantive four mm-hmm. right before he leaves. So he's like, OK, plans. I'll get you in a second. <laughs> and then she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's awesome. It just makes her look like that much more of a badass. And she's already in A New Hope. She's the most I mean, her and Obi-Wan, I guess, are tied for most badass. <laughs> for badass reasons. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're both pretty great. So two more steps as we're kind of rolling to the end of this episode. Is there anything you guys want to ask me since I don't, I'm not a Star Wars guy and I'm letting letting you guys just (laughs) rub your Star Wars knowledge all over my naked body. You really like cosmic Marvel stuff. Yes. So you, so stuff being in space is not a detract, like that's not an issue for you. No. So is it uh, like, do you like Star Wars or is it just like there's too much hype already? There's always been too much hype. How'd you miss know. it? I mean, I, I, I like it. It has paved the road for so many great movies that it's in itself become a slight cliche, which all f- things that start something make bad things with it. What, like the way Bob Dylan sings? Sure. Or the way that it, if we have Pearl Jam, which I'm a fan of. Right, me too. But because of Pearl Jam... We have Nickelback. We have Nickelback, yeah, exactly. I understand. I know what you're getting at. Um, but I think this is a... a it sta- the film stands up. It, it's still very watchable. It's still really fun to talk about. Like a paperback novel! It's really good. It's my Nickelback contribution. Um, well, okay, so... Look question. at this Star Wars! <laughs> it really drops me to the floors! <laughs> Anyway. This astrograph. Yes, that's it. Every time I do it makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, so did you similar to his question, rate rate Star Wars episode 4. So that that was my next my next part was how many Star Wars do you give this movie? <laughs> All the Star Wars minus out one. Out of 5 out of 5 Star Wars is how many Star Wars do you give this movie? Four and a half. I'd say I'd four four point five is probably four or four point five. Out of a hundred percent Star Wars, I give this four Star Wars for sure. The Star Warsies. Star Warses. <laughs> so wait, but I want to drill down, and I'm not making fun of you. I'm just curious. Like when you're into nerd culture and stuff, Star Wars is like at the it's the main thing it's in a way. It's almost it, what popularized nerd culture in the first place, right? And. That's a big blind spot. So I'm curious your history with it. Like, did you see it as a kid? The nerd stuff that I saw growing up was more the the, the movies I can remember watching growing up that made like 
made me appreciate nerd culture or figure out that like I am nerdy um, was Rocky Horror Picture Show, okay. which uh, I don't know how, but I saw that at a really young age. I was much more into like um, singing and dancing kind of nerd stuff. So like, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the stuff that got to me in Star Wars um, was like the little song and dance that I guess is not in this one that happens at the Return. It's Return of the Jedi. It's Return of the Jedi. The little oh yeah, all they've got. The only real like, I mean, other than the score, but the only um, what's the term for music that is actually in the. Um, movie, uh, oh, not the um, score, but there. I don't know. There's a term for that, yeah, but um, like uh, uh, Difram Nahuha, whatever his name is, in the modal nodes. What's his name? Fingering Dan. Fingering Dan. Yeah. yeah. Fingering Dan. <laughs> no, not fingering. Smiling well, Dave. And I guess fingering he's Dan. he's fingering his clarinet <laughs> or whatever it is. But uh, I really thought you said that. I was a big fig, figrin or figrin. Figrin. F I G apostrophe. Yeah. R I N. D apostrophe A N. Yeah, that's that's the uh, you know the band that's going. That's that band. Okay, it's Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes, and they play a style of music called jizz. Is it just jizz or is it like it's jizz? It's just jizz. With all of them up there on stage though, is that technically Bukaki? <laughs> they play Bukaki jizz. Bukaki. Um, yeah, so there's not a lot of you know it's not a it's not a musical. Great kid, don't get Bukaki. <laughs> I always liked Star Wars, but it was not something that I went back to. I, okay. I went more back to, like, Indiana Jones. Okay. Which I, I did not see an Indiana Jones movie until I was about 20, 21. What the yeah. fuck? And I then, know. like, Aliens. Aliens. Still is, never seen. No, we, but we know why. It's Because it's I'm easily scared. It's the, it's the spook factor for you. Kind of. Although I watched Evil Dead again last night. Um, the first one? Yeah, and two and, and and Army of Darkness are some of my favorite movies. Can't be a shit, but one gets right. a little edgy there. It's like kind of. It's, it's the like first instance of tree rape ever. True. I don't remember that part. Where the yeah, where his sister gets raped in the forest by the branches. But yeah, I gross. Anyway, um. So yeah, coming back to it, I appreciate it much more than I did as a kid. I think because it. It's a space opera in its purest form. Mm-hmm. It's a spaghetti western. I mean, it's very much, it's equal parts. I think of it as space spaghetti. Space spaghetti. Absolutely. It just floats. Yep. Like the spaghetti monster. Exactly. So you have to look at, at Lucas's big inspirations. Akira Kurosawa. So look at films like... Um, What's the one that, Seven I mean, Samurai. Uh, not Seven Samurai, but uh, Star- A New Hope is basically a retelling of... Oh, I, um... Rashomon. Yeah, Rashomon. That's, oh, yeah, Rashomon. I've seen that. That's what Star Wars is. That's, okay. what, or that's what A New Hope is. It's like that. He did it because he couldn't get the rights to make a Flash Gordon movie. Yeah. And it's, so he's like, well, if I can't make Flash Gordon, I'm going to make my own thing. Yeah. That's my version of Flash Gordon. It's, it's, it, to me, it feels like a serialized Flash Gordon movie mixed with you know, an Akira Kurosawa film mixed with a Sergio Leone film. And some Dune for good measure. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, well, I mean, the like, Jedi and the Bene Gesserit are yeah, pretty basically similar. Basically the same thing, yeah. So, also Sand Planet. Also Hero's Journey guy. Also Sand... Oh, wait, there are no sandworms. What's the next one we're going to watch? Episode one. Oh, Jesus. We're going to watch episode one next, and we'll probably do <laughs> that. So the next movie's in December, right? Yeah. And there's... Yeah. It's January now. Oh, okay. So we'll do one every other month, and that'll be fine. All right, guys, last thoughts, and then I'm going to end this. Anything? Star Wars is great. 
It's one of my favorite things. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys dropping the knowledge. And thank you all for listening. We'll be doing other more comic-related podcasts in weeks to come. Uh, Our next podcast will be with Sequoia. We're going to talk about V for Vendetta. And we'll watch the movie. You can get in touch with me at... What's my Twitter? Oh, at Canadian Blaken. You can find Smiling Dave at Count Paper. And you can find Amos P.O. Box 73456. You State. can't find me. New York State. New York 101 State. Away. So until next time. Actually, it's a. Uh, what is it? Uh, Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. That was amazing. Uh, it's well, The one I was doing was uh, Stick Stickly from Nick. Oh, Send it yeah. To me. yeah. Stick Stickly, P.O. Box 203, New York City, New York State, 10108. It's amazing because I don't. I would have already been a, um, an early teenager by that point, but my sister watched a lot of Nickelodeon. How in fucking grained that stuff can get to your head. <laughs> yeah. Read a fucking comic, please. Thanks. Thank you.